Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got quite a bit of news on the football side. We're going to talk some recruiting, kind of got a whole smorgasbord of stuff in in terms of awards. We've got some walk-on commits. We've got some other um, coaching-changing recruiting stuff that we're going to touch on um, to start the episode because there's a lot that's happened between um, now and our last episodes. We'll hit on all things that. Um, after that, we'll get into our Georgia Tech a Wisconsin basketball recap. A huge win for the Badgers on the road. Hostile environment. A great back-and-forth game that saw the Badgers come away victorious once again. So a huge start to the season for this Wisconsin hoop squad. Uh, we'll talk about everything that we took away from that. And then to round out the show in the the very last few minutes, wasn't a super long interview, but we have Aiden Vaughn. Um, the most recent Wisconsin football commit outside of these walk-ons that we'll talk about in just a minute. He hopped on and talked uh, about uh, his future uh, with playing with Wisconsin football. Uh, should be an interesting commit uh, from the Badgers um, that they picked up just a couple weeks ago. All right, Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. It's uh, It was nice to see the Badgers get a, another W and, and kind of show what they can do in their first road contest of today, but I am a little tired this morning after it because it's hard to fall asleep right after uh, um, being on your computer and typing everything up. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it was a late late tip, and then uh, you with the recap stuff, I figured it was a late night um, for sure, but uh, I know the listeners will appreciate the early morning grind of our podcast. All right, so why don't we go ahead and start? We'll talk basketball a little later. We'll start with the, um, the football news because there's a good amount of news. We'll start with uh, Ferguson. And uh, Josh Seltzner being named All-Big Ten, I guess not super surprising. Good, Both really good players that had good years. Maybe slightly surprising is that there were some really good offensive linemen and really good tight ends in the conference. But uh, what did you make of those two picking up those honors? Yeah, on the offense, I think that's a, a tremendous recognition for both of them um, by the coaches. They were both picked first team by the coaches, second team by the media. I think that speaks to the respect that – they have from coaches across the conference. Um, you know, Ferguson's a guy that most teams had to game plan. He was probably the top receiving threat that the Badgers had all game or all season long. And Seltzner, um, you know, he had really good numbers and was really talented at run blocking. Like that is his bread and butter. He really can get downhill and is and plays physical. So I, I think both are, are very deserving of the honor. Um, I was a little surprised that Seltzner didn't maybe get second team across the board, but, but I also think it speaks to that the offensive line play across the big 10 wasn't necessarily like amazing either. So, um, you know, 
good on both of them to to take home those awards. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, you come into the season, you expect Jake Ferguson to be in the running for an award like that. But Josh Seltzer was a guy that, you know, early on in the season in the offseason, we talked about would maybe be a guy that was a rotation guy, maybe a guy that would possibly get beat out for his spot. Um, just based on what we had seen from him previously in his career. So for him to come in and, and put together a year like he had this year and, and pick up, a, you know, even if it was second team, that's a huge accomplishment from where a lot of people projected him to be uh, early on in the season. So he really stepped up and, and put together a solid year that, uh, you know, helped pave the way for Braylon Allen, who was, uh, of course, a phenomenal back. And, and he um, deserves a lot of recognition, you know, regardless of the the first or second team, it's a nice award to see a guy like that. A guy that's worked really hard, played a lot of football, had some ups and downs, and uh, really caps off the season on a high note. Yeah, especially as a former walk-on to mm-hmm. from inside the state to then parlay that into being a first-team coach's pick in the conference is, you know, that's an awesome career right there. All right, our next piece of news. We didn't talk about this um, in our last episode, but Leo Schnall was announced as Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. This one not a surprise to me. I mean, he was just an absolute freak all season long, um, just dominated pretty much every contest. And this was a guy that, you know, did play um, in that Penn State opener and, of course, that Eastern Michigan game. So a tough um, start for him to the season, but came back in a big way. Um, really, you know, I guess not, I guess Wisconsin people, Wisconsin folks around the program that have paid attention and, and watched this team kind of expected this to come. You expected a jump from him. But he, I think, far exceeded a lot of expectations. So what did you make of that tremendous honor for Chanel? Yeah, he's very deserving. I mean, he was one of the top players in the entire conference all year long when he was on the field. And um, he was a force. You saw just the, the tackle numbers that he was putting up all year long. He was constantly involved in everything. Um, getting over 100 tackles in only 10 games is really impressive. Um, you add that in with 17 tackles for loss and seven sacks and a couple forced fumbles, and um, he, he's he's just a, a tremendous player. And then um, not to be outdone, you, you look at uh, his running mate there at inside linebacker Jack Sanborn also getting first-team honors. Um, very deserving, but that's pretty cool to have your two starting inside linebackers be first team all conference selections. Um, I mean, granted, the entire defense got some sort of award. Every single player managed to either be second team like Keanu Benton, third team like uh, uh, Matt Henningsen and Caesar Williams, or honorable mention, which is pretty wild. It tells you quite a bit about how talented this defense was and, and the numbers that they put up and the recognition that they deserved. I was a little surprised, though, that Herbig didn't maybe get uh, third-team honors, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is a lot of really good um, edge players in this conference, and um, as as a young player, I think the, he's the guy who's going to probably take a leap, similar to what maybe we saw from Leo Chanel. Maybe not, hey, he's going to become the, the top player in the uh, defensive player in the conference or best linebacker in the conference, but I, I do think that uh, he's got a chance to be really special. Yeah, yeah, he, he certainly was special all season long. This entire defense was, and I'm glad you mentioned that Nick Herbig piece because I was kind of surprised by that as well, but um, overall this group was tremendously solid and deserves a lot of that recognition to see every player on the defense get something is, is just shows the respect that uh, the, the Big Ten Conference and coaches across this conference and the media um, had for this Wisconsin defense. It's It's been a really fun group to watch, and 
we'll get to see them together one last time in the bowl game. But I think we'll look back, uh, you know, years down the road and, and rant and rave about how good this defense was, you know, throughout the entire course of the season. So uh, kudos to all those guys for a tremendous accomplishment. All right, up next, we'll go ahead. Why don't we talk about the walk-on commits next? We'll start with Drew Evans out of Fort Atkinson. Um, linebacker, or sorry, uh, lineman, Luna Larson is a linebacker. Um, we'll combo both of them. I guess we can talk. We don't need to spend too much time on uh, each individual. But two huge in-state Big Ten um, or big walk-on pickups for the Badgers here. They've got uh, you know, Luna Larson, who came out of Baraboo, and Drew Evans, lineman out of Fort Atkinson. Neither player, in terms of recruiting rankings, jumps out to you in any way. You know, they don't have a 2-4 composite rating. Uh, but both guys are in-state walk-ons that Wisconsin's done so well with in the past. Always need in-state linemen, linebackers. They can always do something with if Luna Larson ends up being in that position. So what did you make of picking up those two um, as walk-on commits? I think the biggest thing with both of them is versatility. Um, you know, Drew Evans, really smart kid coming in. Um, out of Fort Atkinson, uh, 6'4", 260. Uh, and I think he's probably going to be an interior offensive lineman is where he's going to start. But he, he does have the ability to possibly play some some defensive line as well if you need him as a, as a practice body. But I think he is the type of offensive lineman that you want to round out with your walk-on program. So I'm, I'm excited for him. But but I think the big commitment out of the two is, is definitely Luna Larson. Um, he's rated as a three-star kid by 247 standalone. Um, and, and really, he's an intriguing player based off of everything he has on film and what he brings to the table. He was a kid we talked about and that was um, going to camp as a guy who could pick up an offer. Like, he was an offer-level prospect for the Badgers throughout the um, summer as a guy that they were looking at hard um, when he came to camp. And you, you look at it, he, he re- really reminds me on film and kind of body size of of Alec Ingold, um, former Wisconsin fullback who's now in the league, 6'2", 210, same size as Ingold coming out of high school, plays quarterback, does everything for his team. He doesn't throw a ton, but he's a, more of a runner for Baraboo. But he was a first-team um, all-conference, all-Badger conference, uh, quarterback and linebacker. He really attacks the line scrimmage when he's, when he's playing linebacker, um, runs physically, he's fast. Um, so I, I think you look at him and the, the ability to possibly put him at, at a linebacker or fullback when you look at the fact that, hey, John Chanel might be gone after this year. You, you don't know um, where, where uh, some of the guys are going to be at health-wise because I know that they went ahead and, and moved Cam Large there for a while, but he's more of a blocker. Maybe Larson will give you more of that runner. Um, so I, I think that you really like him. Um, he's not your traditional walk-on because he had offers, you know, mm. FBS offers from Air Force, Buffalo, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan. Like, he was coveted by other teams, and you never know. if He, he was a kid that if he maybe waited his recruitment out, he could have gotten um, a late offer from um, the Power 5 level from some team trying to take a chance on him or a gray shirt offer. But I, he's the type of kid that you look at as a walk-on who's similar to John Torchio where you come in with other scholarship offers and you just wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on scholarship in the first couple of years on campus if he um, is able to kind of put it all together because he is a very talented player and I think fans should be really excited about him. He, he's essentially a scholarship-level player that you're getting as a walk-on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 
essentially a great deal for Wisconsin because you've got, you know, you, you don't tie up that uh, scholarship very well. Like you said, early in his career, he could certainly earn that and get to that spot. But you're also going to get uh, a guy that, you know, was a guy on your board that you, you know, had circled as possibly a scholarship guy um, in that walk-on spot. He's going to come in likely hungry to try and earn that. And as you mentioned, he's a player that could have went and, and played, you know, high-level football. The MAC is nothing to, to scoff about um, if you went to, you know, a school like Buffalo and Central Michigan where he had offers from. Um, so it's certainly a, a really good get. You know, these in-state kids, you know, that are start on those walk-ons, um, you know, come in hungry and hopefully if they can put it together, can get on scholarship. You also, you know, you, you just see Wisconsin, you know, you find these guys and, and these type of players that blossom into much more. Not all of them are going to work out like that, but, um, you know, if you hit on just a couple of these and they end up being good players, they don't have to necessarily even be, you know, greats, you know, all all conference guys, but guys that can give you something, um, you know, at some point in their career, that can be huge for the depth of a program. And, and these two guys, I mean, I know Drew Evans in terms of recruitment, isn't uh, you know as big of a name you know in terms of offers that way, but these are guys that really help you fill out the entirety of a class. I mean, you've got big names in class, you've got your scholarship guys, your higher-rated star guys, but these are the guys that can you know really complement um, you know an entirety of a class. So I think both of these pickups were huge for the Badgers. I'm excited to see uh, what you know both of these guys in terms of their career ends up being. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the biggest thing, and I think Wisconsin fans should be really excited about um, them both, um, specifically Larson, though. I, I think just what he can bring, he's a guy that at the very least should help them out in special teams because of his athletic ability and his ability to play on both sides of the ball. You, you, you want that when it comes to special teams because he is a guy that has a really high ceiling because he hasn't kind of focused in on one position. So I, I think that's a, a really good get for the Badgers. All right. Up next, why don't we go ahead? You know, I know we you know, teased it a little bit in the uh, first episode of this week. We were talking about some coaching staff changes. We're going to save that, guys, for an episode next week. We felt like with all this news and uh, the basketball talk in the back half as well as the interview and that maybe being a longer topic, that we'll have that as our own episode. So I did want to preface before we get into other stuff that that will likely be a later episode because it's probably a topic that we could – spend 45 to 50 minutes talking about because I think there are some, <laughs> certainly some things um, that will uh, be part of that discussion. So um, up next, we'll, we'll talk some uh, recruiting updates, of course, with Wisconsin not getting ready for Big Ten Championship. It's been a busy week for the staff getting out on the road. Uh, it seems like Paul Christ has kind of just been everywhere, bouncing around, um, visiting some recruits. He was with, of course, four-star offensive lineman Joe Brunner, who's a you know still a huge guy on the Badgers board. Um, he made it down to see Vinny Anthony in Louisville, so a whole host of guys um, that he was out and the rest of the staff was out um, putting on their best recruiting hat. I mean, this is crunch time. Uh, of course, you want to be playing for the Big Ten Championship this week, but if you're not, now's the time to go out and, and really make some headway on some of these recruits that you're trying to tie up. So uh, what have you taken away from this past week in terms of the recruiting front and the Badgers really being active and getting out there to try and you know, finish off what could be a really good class. Yeah, one uh, advantage, I guess you could say, for not being in the Big Ten Championship is it allows you to, to get out on and uh, get into players' homes a little bit earlier than, than maybe teams that are in that um, playoff picture or in the conference championship games. Um, but I, I think the, the big thing is to watch are a couple players who are uncommitted here. You know, we, we've seen the Badgers going out and, 
and talking with some committed prospects, but the uncommitted guys as well of um, Carson Hinsman, kind of down to Wisconsin, Ohio State from all in, for all accounts, um, and then uh, Billy Schroff. Both of them are supposed to make a decision before um, the early signing day, which really the next couple weeks here is, is kind of crunch time um, before kids can sign on. Um, and, and Schroff is really down to Notre Dame and the Badgers. We'll see if the, the Notre Dame coaching change here, going with Marcus Freeman, um, keeping Tommy Reese, that probably um, doesn't hurt uh, the Irish's chance as much as it might have if, if Reese, for example, left. But um, I, I still think Wisconsin's in a good place for both those players, but now it's about closing. I'm guessing the Badgers will be able to visit them here soon just because they're the top of the board guys. Um, and then uh, the other kid to watch is Jaden Ott. Um, the, we talked a lot about him, took an official visit for the Army game, which seems like a while ago now, but he took an official visit for there. He also took an official visit for to USC, and those team, teams seem like the top two. Uh, Colorado's also involved as a team he took an official visit to. But if the Badgers can lock him down, they need a running back for this class. It would really help based off of the fact that you lost half of your room in uh, the season. Uh, I think he's the guy that, based off of Lincoln Riley coming into USC, it probably helps them because Mm -hmm. he's probably going for a little higher-rated guys. Ott's a four-star kid, so he's a very, very talented player. But at the same time, uh, you look at the the Oklahoma decommitment list here, and a lot of them are from South Florida, or not South Florida, um, Southern California, and a lot of them probably grew up watching USC, wanted to play for USC, and um, he's already, Lincoln Lyle, he's already got that established connection. I would think that there's a couple four- and five-star guys that um, that he could maybe pluck away, which makes it so that us further down their board. So hopefully Wisconsin can get out to see him and close that one down as well because I think that would be a really big get for the Badgers on the early signing day. And then the other one is Isaac Ham. I doubt he signs um, early on here in the early signing day. He, he's going to be one to the 11th hour, and we'll just see if, if he does sign somewhere or um, if he goes JUCO or, or one other way um, just based off of the way his recruitment is going. But I think the Badgers right now are in a good spot, but now it's about kind of closing down things and getting there. And I, I know that there's some transfer portal stuff here as well that we can talk touch on next, but lots going on in recruiting, which which makes sense as we get closer to the early signing day. Yeah, it, it's coming up fast. So it's nice to see Wisconsin making some inroads on some of these key players that they've had. You know, we've talked about a lot of these guys multiple times on the podcast as guys that uh, you know Wisconsin was very much in on and, and wanting to pick up to, to finalize uh, the last bit of this class. And it's not like it's just you know you know three some of these guys are, are really big players you know four stars. Um, you know Jay Dodd is a, is a huge guy. I, I think that just speaks to the the ripple effect of this coaching carousel, which has just been absolutely insane. I mean, when's the last time you've seen this many premier programs open? Um, and, and these big changes, you know, the changes at Notre Dame will certainly cause a ripple effect on Wisconsin um, in a good way, you know, likely, or, you know, with, with some of the stability that they might find there, maybe it changes some things around, you know, Lincoln Riley, um, you know, going, all of these moves and all of these, you know, you know, changes and, and coaching staff changes and with this new transfer portal, um, it, it makes a big difference in recruiting. It's almost, it's not a, it's not a new game. I mean, everyone is, watched recruiting for the last few years and coaches have taken jobs, but it just feels so much different this year with all the all the changes and now the transfer portal guys being able to move on and change courses. 
um, a lot easier. So it's going to be a fascinating um, few months here to, to watch some of these things. I mean, we had a really entertaining college football season, but if you like headlines and, and news in terms of recruiting and coaching changes, um, this these next couple of weeks will still be incredibly exciting because there's been a lot of drama and a lot of things going on. But for Wisconsin, I think the stability of, you know, Paul, Chris, um, and company, there'll certainly likely be some changes to the coaching staff, but I think, uh, you know, you, you've got a stable figurehead um, at the top. You you feel good about Wisconsin competing for some of these guys, and uh, hopefully they can close the deal here as, uh, as early signing day uh, approaches rather quickly. Yeah, and kind of pivoting to the transfer portal, um, there's going to be a lot of movement. Like, there's just going to be. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, whether it be on the Badgers' end, we already saw Isaiah Green may enter, um, or players possibly that the Badgers are interested in. Um, for those of you who want Spencer, I know like a lot of fans have like pounded the table for Spencer Rattler. Like I, that ain't happening, and I, I personally don't want it to happen. I no. think he's a prima donna. But um, when you look at some of the other portal guys that are recently in there, you see. 2024 star quarterback Parker McQuarrie. Um, he was he's a kid out of New Hampshire that ended up at UCLA um, and 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 went ahead and entered. The Badgers were really in on him. He was their top of the quarter top of their quarterback board for that entire class for the most part um, until he ended up at UCLA. Maybe they get involved there. We we talked about the fact that they didn't take a 2020 quarterback. I've been pretty harsh on the staff about that because you take a damn quarterback every class. But um, maybe that's a way to for them to kind of backfill that um, spot and, and try to round out their depth chart a little bit um, and give some competition for Graham Mertz or, or at least the very least um, competition behind him for that backup role because um, the fact that they were really reluctant to go to Chase Wolf kind of tells you um, that they don't feel overly confident in his abilities right now. Um, and then Diamante Traenum, uh, another running back, he ended up at Arizona State, took an official visit with the Badgers. Um, he's out of Ohio. Um, Archbishop Hoban, same high school as Daryl Peterson and Quan Easterling, who ended up going into the transfer portal himself, surprisingly. But he's a guy that also from the 2020 class, he could refill that position that um, was left after Jalen Berger um, was dismissed. If they're trying to add something, say they missed out on a guy like Ott, maybe they go to the transfer portal, get a younger guy. Um, he, he's already... Uh, almost 700 yards and 10 touchdowns in two seasons with Arizona State. So I don't know if that's necessarily a need, but it's still a player that if he's like, hey, I want to come closer to home and hits the Badgers up, I think you take them, right? Like you want mm-hmm. your best best players you can, especially not knowing the availability of Ches Malusi right away next year. So those would be two guys to kind of watch right now, specifically McQuarrie, because I would imagine that the Badgers are going to want to Add to that quarterback room. I know that there was a report earlier, um, you know, by Clint Brewster where he misspelled Camp Randall and um, said that the Badgers would be interested in the quarterback uh, carousel. So we'll see if maybe McCory's the type of guy that they can get involved with because um, he he's a he's a talented kid and, and he's six foot seven, so he's one of those tall ass quarterbacks out there. Yeah, it's it's certainly these transfer portal names are, are always. I think fun for fans to speculate and, and see. We'll see where they end up. You know, there's certainly going to be additions for, for everybody across the country. Like you mentioned, it's going to be you know, a wild time for some of these transfers. Wisconsin's already had some departures. 
There's possibly, you know, there's very possibly going to be more. There more likely will be more. Wisconsin will probably, you know, teams are going to have ebbs and flows with bringing players in and uh, and losing players out. So I think it's going to be a, a fun storyline to watch as the, the Badgers move forward here with that. But those are certainly two names to keep an eye on at some premier positions um, for Wisconsin. You know, the lot of, there's always intrigue when you're talking quarterback carousel um, and guys that could end up at your school. Um, running back for Wisconsin, always a huge position as well. And as you're looking for some depth of that spot, um, that's a important uh, couple names to keep an eye on. All right, are you ready to get into uh, some, some basketball talk with Georgia Tech? Let's do it. All right, before we do that, though, guys, i got to talk to you about home field apparel. If you didn't pick up a home field apparel parcel uh, this past week for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I'm sorry to hear that because they were running a 20% code off, but they've still got – um, some great merch over there at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, you can get 10% off your first order. Just go over there and sign up with your email. If you're still looking to uh, you know, get some gifts for the sports fan in your life or someone who just loves incredibly cozy gear, make sure to check them out. Uh, they've got uh, some gift cards as well. I know um, I've seen on the Homefield site um, some stuff has sold out. So if you're still looking and not sure what to get, um, the, the person in your life that's looking or that you're wanting to get a gift, gift cards are a great option as well, and you can do that online on their website. It's very easy. So make sure to head over to there, homefieldapparel.com, and give those guys a look. All right, we'll talk some Wisconsin basketball now. A huge win for the Badgers on the road, hostile environment, um, really a back-and-forth game between uh, Michael DeVoe and Brad Davison, which was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, both of those guys were just hitting shot after shot and, and really responding to each other. So a great game, uh, a ton of fun. Uh, like I said, hostile environment. They got a lot of good production out of a lot of guys. But this was probably, you know, the, the storyline to start, this is the Brad Davison game. I think that uh, we were waiting on. He has them. Some games he's not existing in the score sheet, and some games he comes out and pours, pours in damn near 30 and helps you pick up a huge ACC Big Ten Challenge win. So overall, what did you uh, make of this, uh, you know, fun and uh, back-and-forth contest with the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets? I think it's a really good win when you look at the complexion of their season. This is their first road test. This was the first time that they went into a hostile environment, and that was a good crowd. They were very mm-hmm. involved. Um, it was a very fun back-and-forth game. Um, you know, as, as hard it is, is as it is sometimes to watch um, a guy like Michael DeVoe, just who is an, a very talented player who's going to have chances to play in the NBA, um, really good scorer, you know, drop 33. The way that the Badgers were able to overcome that and play great defense down the down in the end, the final five minutes, they really clamped down and and kind of ran away with it at the very end there, holding them to one of their last nine shooting. It, it's It's impressive. It's it's hard not to be, um, and, and that run that Brad Davison went on. You you mentioned it. He always has games like this where he each year he'll have a few games where he'll drop twenty to thirty points out of nowhere and, and really lead the team. Um, shot five of nine from three. I was really impressed by that stretch he went on four straight buckets with Johnny Davis on the bench catching a breather. Um, and and you really I remember looking at the who was on the court with him at that point. Point. It was like Lauren Bowman, um, him, and then they had, um, and then I, I want to say it was Wall and Carlson, or I mean mm-hmm. uh, Vogt, and I was like, where's the offense going to come from? <laughs> and then all of a sudden Davidson was like, I'm going to put everything on my team. Um, that Greg Jennings, um, you know, taking the taking his player to the uh, end zone uh, video game 
thing really comes to mind because mm-hmm. he just carried them all the way there, um, playing 37 minutes in the game. So him and Johnny Davis were the were the story, and but Wisconsin still plenty of things to clean up. But for to, for them to go on the road in in a tough environment and get a W over a really talented team, I think it is um, something to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think these are the games when you, you know talking about Brad Davis and that. You know, when he decided to come back, these were the games that you you were looking for a guy like him and, and could rely on, go through him, play through him. Jonathan Davis, now, I'm not going to take any credit away from him. He had a great game. You know, you know most nights he's going to be the storyline with the way he plays and the amount he scores. But, you know, uh, not really a quiet 15. He, he was knocking down some jumpers and had that nice steal. Um, but Brad Davison was certainly the storyline, and he was a guy that with, without them, you know, without that senior leadership on the road, um, that could be a game they very well lose. But he, he came out and, like you mentioned, put the team on his back and uh, really put together a strong performance. So I, I was really excited to see this team you know, respond to that inverse adversity on the road. Um, I, I think a lot of guys, you know, played. You know, the the I, I was, the next thing we'll talk about. We'll we'll talk about Jonathan Deshaun. We'll talk about the the rotation at some point because I think that was interesting. The amount of minutes some of those guys played, but. Um, overall, it was a, a great win, a great performance from Davison, and like you mentioned, certainly things to clean up. But at this point in the season for this team, um, to have won all these games and not, you know, and far exceed the early expectations has been huge. So they've got another big one with Marquette coming up. But right now, uh, all things are, are pointing in the right direction for Wisconsin basketball. For sure. A couple, couple other players, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Davis. I thought he – had a phenomenal game kind of beyond the stat sheet, mm-hmm. like beyond the scoring column. He had 15 points and shot the ball well, um, but six rebounds, five assists. He really kind of distributed the ball well and um, slashed, was able to to kind of hit other players to, to get them involved. Got to cut down on some turnovers, but I did like his aggressiveness at times, which I think he needs to continue to do. But the the player that really jumped out to me, who I think had a, you know, kind of an under the radar, really good game was, was Chris Vogt, um, you know, the reserve center. Six rebounds in, in 12 minutes. He was – he had four fouls. Him and Crowell, they, man, they continue to get in foul trouble each game, which I think is something to be a little bit worried about, um, especially just based off of the lack of production from your bigs on the offensive end. But Vogt didn't have a, a single point. But he was also plus 15 when – when, or the Badgers were plus 15 when he was on the court, their best number um, out of everybody other than David – Davidson also at 10, nobody else in double figures. So you're looking at a guy who really did give them something when he was out there. Um, and you, you know, pair that with Crowell, who is minus 11, and it kind of tells you that, hey, they got some stuff to work on in that rotation. Um, ben Carlson, absolutely non-existent, played one minute. Um, uh, the Badgers gave up, a, a, you know, six points in that one minute. And he didn't play again. So um, after he had a good end to the Maui Invitational, he, to come back and struggle the way he did was was kind of eye-opening. And obviously he was in the doghouse based off of that uh, little stretch. But but this is a big win. The Badgers' defense was really, really impressive. They held uh, held Georgia Tech to 0 of 6 from 3 after they shot 60% in the first half from, from deep. So they've got to clean up some free throw stuff, specifically when the game mattered at the end. But um, the the Badgers, for them to go on the road and get a win like this, um, it, it speaks volumes to um, the, the job that Greg Gard's been doing, but also the, the kind of way in which this team has bought in and played together and, and just bought into the defensive end and used that to help them off on the, on the offense. The, the front court's got to score a little bit more and help them out a little bit. 
but um, the backcourt is is really kind of um, you know holding them above water right now because they are playing good. Yeah, yeah, most definitely they've they've played really well. Um, you know, they a lot of guys have put together good performances throughout. I mean, you had the Wall game, you've had the of course the Jonathan Davis game, you've had the Brad Davison game now. Um, and then the rest of these guys are, are doing enough in the role player aspects to help this team win a lot of games. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. The one thing I want to talk about in terms of the rotation, you mentioned earlier Brad Davis had played 37 minutes. Davis played 37 as well. Um, all the other starters outside of Crowell uh, played 33. So the uh, the bench, they did go 10 deep, but like you mentioned, Ben Carlson was for one minute. Carter Gilmore was five minutes. Um, Lauren Bowman was just eight minutes. And Jacoby Neath six. And then Chris Bowe was the only other guy in double digits. So um, what did you make of that? Is it just uh, you know a tight back-and-forth game? You want your best guys out there? Or is Greg Gard, do you think, maybe – tightening um, that rotation a little bit and kind of settled on uh, the guys that he wants to get big minutes. Because uh, you look at Georgia Tech, um, you know, DeVoe played all 40 minutes, but everybody else was uh, rotating in. So certainly an interesting aspect um, from the Badgers on the road in terms of who's getting the minutes and, and how many. I do think that um, guard is kind of tightening things up. I think Neath is a guy that he might have seen a little bit more as he's coming mm-hmm. back from that injury. Maybe he gets more involved. I thought Lauren Bowman um, did some nice things while he was out there as well. He continues to stroke the ball well from three. Yeah, deep um, three. Yeah, like he, he's he's got a good shot. It's 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 a it's a set shot for sure, and it's kind of a low release, but at the same time, it goes in um, and it's quick. Like he gets it off pretty quick. Um, for being that kind of the way that it's set up. But I I think that, yeah, you're right, that this this rotation isn't really robust right now. We'll see kind of if it grows. I would imagine that if a guy like Johnny Davis or Hepburn or Wall gets in foul trouble, you'll see a little bit more of some of the other guys. But, But I think the biggest thing is, you got to start getting some some production off the bench. You look at the the scoring output from the bench, seven points. From, from your bench, and that's not going to be enough when you get into some games and you you have foul trouble, you have other things coming on. You need that spark to come off the bench every once in a while, and, and right now, Lauren Bowman looks like about the only guy who can give you that um, at times. Vogue can definitely give you a spark, but it's more of you know a guy who's just going to do some of the dirty work. Um, I, I really thought that maybe Carlson would be the guy to help them out as a sixth man this year, but he, he, he kind of just – can't find his consistency, um, and and hopefully he can. Maybe Neath is the guy, but but right now, yeah, the starting five was really leaned on, and they played a ton of minutes. I think you're going to see more and more of that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that way against Marquette, because I don't think against some of the athletes that Marquette, you're going to see a guy like Carter Gilmore see extended minutes, or um, instead maybe Neath gets a few more minutes as he's starting to get into health, or Bowman, um, but. That's definitely a, a good thing, a, a good notice by you, because I do think that that's something that um, could change the the way that this season plays out, especially as it gets into Big Ten play. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, you, you got guys that you, you want to rely on, you know, you, but you also have to get some sort of – it's a long basketball season. The guys are certainly going to get wore down when um, they're playing a lot of minutes. But right now you want to get wins, and, and if you feel comfortable – um, with those guys giving you those type of minutes to get you a victory, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the players will be happy to be out there. But that'll just be something to watch as you continue to move through um, this non-conference and this early slate of, of the couple Big Ten games and then back into non-conference. Still a lot of tough games, including um, the Saturday tip with uh, Marquette coming up. To kind of transition into Marquette a little bit, what are you hoping that Wisconsin can 
look to improve on ahead of that huge in-state battle? I, I think the biggest thing is continuing to be good on the defensive end. I'm excited to see the new uniforms, mm-hmm. um, but I think Wisconsin has done a really good job of of making sure that they're using their defense to help them set up in the offense. But I think the big thing for me is what you alluded to is can the bench help them out? Um, you know, maybe Neath, Bowman, they can get um, some help out of that that bench. And can the front court hold up and score? Um, because those are areas that Wisconsin needs. It can't just be um, Tyler Wall, Brad Davison, and Johnny Davis scoring. It can't just be a three-headed monster. Um, that's it can, it can work against some parts of your schedule, but when you get into certain games where, where teams are going to take take away a guy like Johnny Davis and just sell out for him, you need other people to step up, and, and hopefully a guy like Crowell can put together a nice game against Marquette. That's what I'll be watching because this is a very different Marquette team than we've seen in the past just based off of they completely overloaded their entire schedule. So, I mean, their entire roster with Shaka Smart coming in. So I'm excited to see what they look like as well. Um, I'm not a Marquette fan by any stretch, but but it is uh, – I'm interested in good basketball, and I want to see if Marquette actually has something this year. Yeah, I think that will be a, a very interesting storyline to watch. Obviously, always a huge game for uh, both of these squads. Um, of course, I think believe Marquette has won three of the last four, um, including last year. So it would be nice to see the Badgers pick up a another big win. It's been a, a fun start to the season, but I think an in-state uh, rivalry win would certainly be a big one. All right, in terms of basketball, I think that's anything else you want to touch on. Otherwise, we'll go ahead and we can get into our interview with Aiden Vaughn. No, that should do it. I, I think that it was a big win and it was an exciting win. This, regardless of how the season finishes, this is a fun team to watch, and it's really been enjoyable. Just the way that they play hard and constantly go and it has been um, a nice sight this year. Absolutely. And with what, with everything that they've had in the off season, that's uh, all you can really ask for is a team that comes out and fights and plays hard. And the, if they're winning games, it makes it even more fun. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion of the show. We'll go ahead. We'll get our other ad reach out of the way here, and then we'll get into our interview with Aiden Vaughn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest in Aiden Vaughn, uh, most recent Wisconsin football commit out of Wald Lake, Michigan. Um, plays linebacker at the high school position, but really you've kind of played all over the place, so we'll get into all that. But uh, before we get into that, Aiden, thanks for joining us. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to talk to you. So we'll go ahead and start. We always like to start um, when we're talking to commits or um, recruits just kind of overall the, the strengths of your game. So what do you feel are the strengths of your game um, on the football field? Um, a big strength I have is just knowing every position. You know, growing up, I, I played every position from running back to receiver to safety and then even lineman. So just having that versatile effect is really going to help me going to the field. And then uh, knowing the game of football pretty well, too, I feel like those are going to help me a lot. Absolutely, yeah. You can Your versatility on film really jumps out, as well as your speed. Um, do you have, like, a, a an idea of what your 40 time is? 
Um, around a four six laser. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, now looking at things on the flip side from the strengths, what are some things that you hope to improve on before, um, you know, not a lot of time here before you get to Wisconsin, um, but um, what are some things you want to improve upon here in the coming months? Um, I want to get my weight up just a little bit before I get there just to put some size on because I know the lineman can be, get pretty big and just getting off blocks can be hard when you're not big enough. And then another thing, uh, linebacker's pretty new to me, so I just want to understand how linebackers play better, just jumping gaps, reading the defense or reading the offense and just understanding how the defense works is one is a big thing I want to focus on. For those of you that maybe, for the, both of the listeners that haven't maybe followed your recruitment as closely, of course, you were originally uh, committed to Air Force and then now a, you know, of course decommitted, and then we'll get into what kind of got you in, in terms of contact with Wisconsin. But before that, what kind of led to that decommitment and you opening up your recruitment back up? Because it certainly took off after you did. Yep, just just all the offers. It, it was kind of overwhelming at first, but me and my family just talked and we decided that it was the best decision for me to decommit and just let the Air Force staff know and reopen my recruiting 100%. That makes sense. Um, kind of looking at how long had been, had Wisconsin been recruiting you or in contact with you because you had been committed to Air Force for quite some time. Uh, uh, they Actually, this summer I went up for a personal workout, and we've been in contact ever since. They've been talking to my coach a lot, and then I've been talking to them as well. So after that, we, we've kind of talked about it. Your, you know, your recruitment from the decommitment and even probably before that really took off. So what was that like for you to all of a sudden see those flurry of offers just kind of come in in such a fast pace and, and really start to shoot up um, in a lot of people's uh, recruiting boards? It was for sure really stressful, just everyone talking to me at once, all these schools giving me so much information. It was a lot to take in. I mean, it's definitely every kid's dream and just no complaints at all, but it, it was a lot to take in and just overwhelming a little bit. Yeah, so you you had already been to Wisconsin, like you mentioned, you came up for that uh, personalized workout, but then you visit Wisconsin on November 12th for that official visit. What jumped out to you about that visit, and what did you enjoy about your time in Madison? As soon as I got there, it just it felt like home, the, the architecture, the buildings, everything about it, the weather, and then once I got to meet the team and talk with all the coaches, it felt like a true family. Even people that weren't on the team, they just they treated everyone really good. Just I love the atmosphere and the way people interacted there. It felt like a home. Overall, what was kind of the the messaging from Wisconsin's coaching staff to you? I mean, what uh, what did they kind of tell you and, and talk to you about in terms of uh, your future at Wisconsin? Oh, uh, they told me they're looking at me for an inside backer, but I'm I'm really versatile, so I could play inside or out. But inside right now is the goal, and then just learning the play because as soon as I as soon as I get there and just working my way up, trying to earn an opportunity to play right away. Um, Wisconsin has done a really good job in recent history with linebackers specifically um, as guys who've played a bunch of different positions, maybe making Uh transitions to that spot, Um, and and also guys who've played a lot of other sports in high school. Do you play any other sports in high school? Yeah, I do track and field right now. Or not right now, but that's the other sport I'm doing. Gotcha. And what uh, events do you compete in for that? Um, I actually did sprints, and then I threw shot put and discus. Okay, nice. A little bit of everything. There you go. Yep. Um, and are, so are you planning on enrolling early? And if so, um, do you have a plan uh, in terms of what you're studying in school? Yeah, that's the goal. I, I just need to finalize all these credits I'm taking right now. And then once I get my grades, I'll be able to enroll early. And then uh, I plan on going into business, majoring in business, and then maybe getting a minor in something like finances, kinesiology, or uh, real estate. 
Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last one here. Now that you're committed, um, are you kind of throwing that recruiting hat on to kind of help Wisconsin land your teammate? Um, I mean, I've definitely been talking to him a lot. It's just playing with him has been something we talk a lot about, and I'd love to. I'm I'm definitely bringing up to him a lot, but I'm not putting too much pressure. You know, he's still a close friend of mine, and I want him to make the best decision for him, but definitely bring up Wisconsin quite a few quite a few times throughout the day. <laughs> I think it's a, a great answer, a great answer for sure. Um, Aiden, well, we really appreciate you taking time. I think you'll fit in great with Wisconsin just based on our conversation here. I think you'll, you'll be a great fit, and we're looking forward to seeing you uh, on the field shortly. Yep, can't wait. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.